podcast listeners, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Ex-Mormon. I'm your host, Allie, and on today's episode, we are discussing one of my favorite topics, magic mushrooms, otherwise known as psilocybin, and I have my friend Hiram on the show today who introduced me to this beautiful medicine. And I'm really excited to discuss some interesting topics here today in, uh, first of all, we talk about Hiram's annex from the church and how psilocybin has helped him in his spiritual journey along the way, and me too. As always, you can connect with me via social media or at my email, confessionsofanexmo at gmail.com. I am on TikTok and Instagram, and I also want to hear your listener stories, so please send those over, and I will do a short episode in the near future with some listener stories. Anything you want to share with me about your uh, transition out of the church, I would love to hear it, and any support I can provide, I'd love to be there for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hello. Hi, Hiram. <laughs> we figured it out. How are you doing? So, <laughs> uh, we've been having some technical issues, mostly on my side. This is, I'm not good at this. Um, glad to have you here. <laughs> Listeners, this is my friend Hiram. Uh, Hiram, why don't you introduce yourself for everybody? Um, yeah, I'm Hiram. I live in Utah. I grew up in Houston. I skydive, snowboard hang out with friends. I don't know, like, what? how do you want me to introduce myself? <laughs> That's perfect. That's fine. Um, Hiram and I met, did we meet? We met on a dating app, didn't we? Yeah, Tinder. I think we met on <laughs> Tinder, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably, I don't know, a year and a half ago, right after my divorce. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but Hiram, my beautiful, lovely friend here, introduced me to the wonderful wild world of psilocybin and that is what we are going to discuss today and i'm so excited they really have changed my life really and it's kind of i forgot that that was your very first time huh oh yeah and that i think of it so fondly yeah. <laughs> it was i was so high flying yeah. <laughs> We we learned some important lessons that day too, such as not mixing Benadryl with them. Oh, did we? What happened? <laughs> you had an allergic reaction, I think, to the cats, and you took some Benadryl, and yeah. it made you super tired. But shrooms don't let you sleep. Oh, and so then that's you had, like, right. Then I had like you a, got some bad a little panicky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that why? I didn't realize that's why it made me so anxious. That must have been why. Yeah, because you were doing great up until then. It was like maybe 15, 30 minutes after you took the Benadryl that it like seemed to shift for you. I didn't even put those two things together. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, So Hiram is also a former member of the LDS church. And Mm -hmm. so today before like getting into the psilocybin stuff, I just thought I'd 
let Hiram talk a little bit about his journey, um, maybe a little bit in Mormonism, out of it, kind of, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave things a little bit open for you here, um, but if you need some guidance, you know, just start with, first of all, a, your life in Mormonism, maybe if you served a mission, and then your transition out and any any big aha moments you had during that time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I did all the, the big Mormony things. I served a mission. I got sent to Salt Lake City. Um, so that was super exciting out there. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I went to BYU-Idaho after that. So I hit most of the check boxes. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <you did>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, the start of it was, I guess kind of the whole story is growing up. Um, I mean, my, I'm the youngest of five and all my siblings had left the church by the time I was in sixth grade. But growing up, I was a super anxious and like depressed kid. Like by the time I was in fourth grade, I had a bunch of like suicidal ideation that all stemmed from just kind of church related things. Mm. And kind of through my life, there was a lot of ebbs and flows in that as far as the depression goes. But kind of where the everything started coming together was when I was around like 17 and just planning and preparing to go on a mission. I um, basically it was just this lot, a lot of introspection of I had been following the church and I was a pretty straight laced kid. Like I never drank, smoked or did anything like strictly against the rules. Like I was pretty careful about everything, but I got to this point where I was like, man, I'm going to have to go out and tell people that I know this church is true hundred percent. But I was at the space where I just really lost a whole chunk of my testimony. And it was all centered around God, mostly. Like I never, my issue was never the church specifically. Like, it was more of like, if God's real, the church makes sense to me. But if God's not there, then like, obviously it's not real. Okay. And yeah, I kind of got to this point where I was praying a ton. I read the Book of Mormon a ton. I was chatting with my bishop of like trying to help me figure out why I was never receiving that answer I was promised. Was this like and pre-mission finally, or post? Yeah, this is pre-mission. Okay. Um, and so this is around 17 area. And I, um, I finally got to this point where I was like, you know what? I don't know if the church is true, but I was still super depressed. Like I cared more about knowing if God was real because it sounds silly now thinking back on it, but it was just this thing of like, if God's real, obviously I have to continue my life and keep rolling with it. If God's not real, it's like, well, what am I living for? Like, I, I don't need to worry about it anymore. And so I decided my mission was this two year kind of buckshot of just trying to give it a chance, see if I could find my testimony and then hopefully get into a better mental health space. And I went on a mission the first <laughs> going on your yeah. mission to find good mental health. That's a good that's a good one. Hey, I was told it works, so Yeah, weren't we all? Yeah. But uh <laughs> the first six months were ridiculously <laughs> dumb. Um I had so my first few companions. Yeah. My first few companions, like I had a companion choke me at one point. Oh I got, my like, god. Punched a bunch by another companion. No, you stop it. Um I like, I'm sorry, this is horrible. I'm laughing out of 
No, irony. It's so awful. It is so wild thinking back on. I remember, like in the moment, I was like, "There's no way this is real, right?" Like, (laughs) this is the most silly thing in the world. Um, but kind of one one of the interesting moments of my mission was in my like third or fourth transfer. I finally told my mission president that I had been like struggling with my testimony. That. I was like, I feel like I'm lying to people because I can't be honest with people. Like, hey, listen, like, I don't really know if this is true, but it like feels good enough for me. So I'm kind of rolling with it and trying to see how it feels. (laughs) It's not the most convincing uh, argument. (laughs) And I was like, I kind of just feel icky, like lying all the time. I want to get that answer so I can feel confident. And he uh, sent me an email being like, oh, well, if you're not sure if you believe in God, you need to go home because you lied on your temple recommend questions. Uh, And I was like... (laughs) hold on like let's pause that's not what we're looking for (laughs) not at all i uh and so i that led to like an hour-long conversation of me like telling him i'm like i'm not not fucking going home like i'm staying out here (laughs) yeah um and so eventually he like let me stay out i just kept on going my mission kind of like got this thing where like all right i'll just shut up i'll just keep rolling with it and then around the six month eight month mark I kind of got to this point where um, at the time I had a companion that never like he would sleep in till 4 PM. I found out later he was like on painkillers and stuff and had been like stealing out of like members cabinets and stuff. Like it's just fucking wild stuff. Yeah. Um, But so he didn't leave the house till 4 PM. I can't leave without him. So I'm just stuck in the house. And I got to this point where I was sitting there. I was like, you know what's weird? I'm kind of just feel happy. Like, I'm kind of just fine. Like I'm chilling. Like I don't feel as stressed as I used to. And I still hadn't gotten to answer about the church, but I got to this point where I was like, you know what? I don't know if it's true, but it makes me happy. And I'm going to roll with that until it doesn't. So fast forward, I get home from my mission. I'm a super like, I'm still like annoyed that I haven't gotten an answer, but I'm way straight laced. I went to BYU Idaho, which has a curfew at 12. I would jog home like every night to make sure I was on time for the curfew has to give a talk every single semester, has to be a Sunday school teacher every single semester, uh-huh. and like did checked all the boxes. Mm. And I remember distinctly being in my bed one day and just being like reading the scriptures and thinking, I'm getting nothing from this. Like, I think I'm gonna go less active. I need to like change something. And so I hit up my bishop and I was like, hey, let's figure this out. I was like, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm not doing anything wrong. I just not getting an answer. And I feel like I'm on my way out unless something changes. So I met with him for three months and then I broke my leg, which was one of the most like depressing times of my life. Like that was the first time like the, all the suicidal thoughts came back. I, and then right after that 2020 hit COVID. Mm. And so then I was all locked by myself for a long time without being able to get, get out of the house and even like walk around for a little bit. Hmm. And so all this kind of converged to this moment where I remember just laying down and being so genuinely unhappy, feeling like I had done everything I was supposed to and still just not getting any of the promised blessings that, you know, were told. And I had this feeling where I was just like, what if I was just like done? And then I had this just sense of just, comfort like whatever we identify as the holy ghost yeah i felt those feelings and i was like okay so the next two weeks i decided to not read scriptures anymore not pray 
And after the two weeks, I felt good. And so then I prayed to God and I was like, hey, listen, I feel like you're not real. <laughs> and <laughs> I I don't, I feel like if I have real intent, the whole Moroni's promise of like read, pray, have real intent, I have to follow through with what the answers I feel like I'm getting are. So I think I'm done. If I'm doing the wrong thing, let me know. Like, give me some sort of guidance, but this feels correct. And Oh my God, I had the exact same, had the exact same prayer. I think probably so many of us have, but it was, it was like the last prayer prayer, you know, where you're like, if you're there, you gotta let me know because I'm, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. It's like weird because it's like I'm praying. I was like, I I don't believe in you, but just, just checking, just making sure. I want to make sure. Yeah. And it's almost like one of the most, it's almost one of the most sincere prayers I've ever had. Where yeah. I was, I was like, genuinely, please, if you're there, let me know. Like, I'll, I'll change some things, but I'm really yeah. not getting anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like I felt like I was just in this constant delusion of like having to convince myself that it was all true, and it like not to any fiber of my being did it feel right. And so, yeah, it was just kind of interesting. But from there, I, uh, I waited three, four months, and then finally, like came out to my was <laughs> leaving the church. And the fascinating thing with that though was, so I was the last holdout. My dad had already left the church. All my siblings had left, but my mom, um, I had told her that I was uh, leaving. And her very first question was, are you getting married in the temple? Which was like this, like such a jarring question of, it wasn't like a lead up to that. It was, I basically told her I was going to go smoke weed with my brother was like all oh, I okay. told her. And her next <coughs> question was like, are you married in the temple? And I was like, I probably not. Like I haven't thought about it, but I found out months later that she had asked that because she was trying to stay active in the church because she didn't want to miss my temple ceiling. She's like, oh, mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah. And that's, um, from there, I think it was just the next year was rough because you have you tore down my whole scaffolding of yeah. my life and had to re-question everything. And then from there, just uh, philosophies of like things like absurdism and shrooms kind of came in a position to kind of help get me in a place where I just felt comfortable and love not- life now, very happy, and don't don't have any of those suicidal thoughts anymore. So it's a good life now. Oh, that's really good to hear. Um, so what was your, tell me about your introduction to psilocybin and all, <laughs> like your first trip and things like that. Yeah. So I, so I'd left the church and at the time I was the only person, in my like close friend group that was out. And I had told one of my friends and his wife, and they they acted weird about it initially. Like I thought they were doing like the classic like Mormon judging type thing, but I found out later that they were kind of questioning as well, and ended up leaving like six months after. And they sent me a video of them drinking, and I was like super excited. I was like, oh, sick! Like I've I've close friends <laughs> to not be Mormon with. And then we started talking about shrooms because his wife had seen TikToks talking about shrooms and how it helps with like anxiety and depression. She was uh, struggling with some of that stuff. So we talked about it and he grew a few and 
when I got back from working over a summer, we, uh, we did like a half a gram at first and then followed up with a gram. And it was just the coolest experience ever. We we're just chilling at his house the whole time. But it was this moment where all the things that I had an issue with, with like religion and the church kind of just became clear. And I felt like I was able to rearrange everything to just fit in my new paradigm of life. Like I don't, that feels like a confusing way to explain it, but it's hard to like express. It is hard to express. Yeah. What's so interesting to me about mushroom and the mushroom experience too is it can, it, it can encompass so many things without a whole lot of like processing actually happening in the moment. Like I have come out of mushroom trips where like my first one with, with you, mm-hmm. we were just chilling in, in the, their living room, those guys. Yeah. I assume it's yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, we were chilling in their living room and you know, I'm like playing with their cat and we were, we had ordered in food and like, we were just hanging out. And Did then all of a sudden, uh, I think you painted. I didn't. Okay. Never mind. Um, I was having way too much fun just staring at the couch. Yeah. <laughs> the floor but was it, breathing for you. It was. The floor was breathing. It was amazing. But the, um, then I just had this like aha moment where I was like, I'm not afraid to die anymore. <laughs> I'm just like sitting on your couch in this, on this couch mm. of this couple. I barely know <laughs> with you who I also sort of barely knew. We'd hung out yeah. like four times. <laughs> and I, what I love so much about like the psilocybin experience is how it broadens and opens your mind, you know, creating mm-hmm. these new neural pathways and it also creates this beautiful sense of love for everyone and like everything around you. Um, I think one problem that a lot of people have who have left the church is like uh, anger about it. And I think the process of, of doing mushrooms has helped me to overcome some of my anger and sadness about, about my past and, you know, have some forgiveness yeah, it's it's been so interesting for me because my my exit from the church, like I had close to zero resentment for the church. It was very like I went to this moment where I was like, all right, I'm done. And then all that just got put off. Like I never got into like studying the anti-Mormon stuff because I was like, ah, I studied the church for so long. I don't want to invest anything else in it. I just want to go on the next part. Yeah. But the uh, what I kind of found from it, was what I guess one thing that I always feel like is important for shrooms is people will usually say it's like, Oh, like I finally understood these truths. Like shrooms taught me all these truths, which I think is a dangerous way to look at it of opposed to like shrooms just helps you understand yourself, like truths about you, not necessarily truths about like the world. And it makes you just see things more clearly of like be able to really identify your thoughts and see things that are like, actually serving you and things that are hurting you. And yes. it was just a good spot to like rebuild that scaffolding I'd lost where I felt lost for a little bit, leaving, you know, getting off the boat that they talk mm. about, but yeah. felt like I was able to build my own little raft and kind of build up from there. 
Yeah, I agree completely. They help. I mean, they'll, people have talked about um, how mushrooms will sometimes even bring up past traumas into your mm-hmm. brain and things like that. But I think what it's doing is it's helping you work through, like you said, it helps you process um, and it can help show you what is serving you and what is not serving you. Um, right after my divorce, I jumped into a relationship pretty fast. And this guy, it was not, it was toxic. It was not good. And I did a mushroom trip. And like immediately after, I called him and dumped him. <laughs> I was like, and I, I, it's, I don't know. The mushrooms didn't tell me to, but... Like yeah. mushrooms can't tell you anything, but uh, they helped me to realize that this was not serving me, <laughs> that I had yeah. been way too quick. And um, anyway, that's one of my well, it, favorite experiences. No, <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny because I like when I first started doing shrooms, I was doing it once a month. I had replaced my fast Sundays with doing two to three grams of mushrooms. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for a little bit. And I remember I talked to other people that had done shrooms. Uh, for a while and they're like oh yeah I used to do them and I always thought it was such a weird thing I was like how do you used to do them I'm like this is the greatest thing ever how do you not like keep it in your life but now we fast forward I think like I guess yeah about a year and a half after I microdosed my snowboard and I haven't done shrooms since like January like it's been a long time because Mm. now it feels like I compared it to a friend of like an ice bath where it's something where you look at it. You're like, oh, I don't want to fucking want to do this. But after you do it, <laughs> it feels good. Like, yeah, it's now a, a tool to like help me confront things that I'm dealing with that I'm like not giving enough attention. Cause once you take the shrooms, you're in it for the three, four hours. And mm-hmm. if you have anything bothering you, you're going to have to confront it. And it is not sometimes not on. super fun in the time. Yeah. But afterwards, I've always felt great. I've had some trips where they're like bad, like in quotations, where like I was anxious the whole time. But I was anxious because I was like, I felt like I was being a shitty friend to some friends. I felt like I wasn't doing these things that I needed to. And so after I got out of it, I was texting all my friends, expressing gratitude, and I started fixing things in my life. And so it's like, I I don't really believe in like completely bad trips. I feel like you're always taking something out of it, even if it doesn't feel great in the moment. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, let's talk a little bit about like the actual chemical structure, or if not that, what it does to your brain and body. Because I think some people have anxieties about even trying psilocybin. I know that there's mm-hmm. a lot of myths out there. Um, some myths that I had heard before doing mushrooms were that like they made you think you could fly and you jump out a window. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, you're hallucinating, you're seeing things that aren't there. Uh, Just as a heads up, that's never happened to me, anybody. You do get something called visuals where, like, things are distorted or you can see, like, lines tracing from one item to another. Mm -hmm. Um, Or things will get, like, wibbly-wobbly, like jello. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I've never seen an object that was not there. Yeah, it's funny, I... People talk about that all the time with shrooms, but like anyone I've known has not seen any like actual hallucinations. Like, no, that's like the closest things like the walls breathing and stuff like that. Yeah. Things will be distorted. Things will look larger mm-hmm. or smaller than they are. 
Um, but I mean, you're, you, we're talking more like acid when there's, <laughs> if you get yeah. like full on hallucinations, that's like LSD. Yeah. Um, I've never, I've never done acid or LSD, so I don't know a lot, but yeah, I mean, I guess in relationship to the kind of like science behind shrooms, first off, I'm not an expert. Like I've just did enough research to feel comfortable doing it. And I have read some books and stuff that I find interesting, but the, some of the important things to keep in mind with um, shrooms, if you're like thinking about taking the first time, one thing that's kind of a myth that people get scared about is it's not addictive. Like it's actually almost impossible to be addicted to because if you were to do a full dose today, if you did a full dose tomorrow, it would have almost no effect on you. Like your body just doesn't react the same. It would, you'd feel almost exactly, you just feel normal taking again. Um, so that's one thing where you don't have to worry about like it ruining up, ruining your life in that regard. There's no confirmed cases of anyone like dying because of shrooms. I think there are like stories from the Netherlands specifically of people like killing themselves while in shrooms, but it wasn't just shrooms. Like they're on other stuff. And that's the thing. Like, yeah, if you're on meth, cocaine and shrooms, yeah, there's probably going to be some, there's probably going to be some issues there. I'll also say that like you can have enhanced anxiety on mushrooms Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I, I could see that being the reason, but what Hiram is saying here is that there is no nothing chemically that will kill you in mushrooms. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, all, all it is is so psilocybin is what's in the magic mushrooms. And when they, when you ingest them, your stomach acid breaks down the psilocybin into psilocin, which is the actual ingredient that gets in your bloodstream and creates all these effects. And what it does is it, basically inhibits your serotonin uptake receptors. And once again, I'm not perfect at this. I might be misphrasing these things and stuff, but the general gist of to how I understand it, it blocks the uptake so that you have a bunch more serotonin in your system. And then also psilocin is very close to serotonin in like its chemical structure. So it will also attach to like your serotonin receptors. So basically you just have this huge rush of serotonin, which is a huge reason why you feel the euphoria, but also it's just interacting with a bunch of neurons so that everything's kind of lighting up in places that wouldn't normally light up. So that's why you get the synesthesia of like some people will say they like hear colors and kind of like that combination, Mm -hmm. the way that your brain processes stuff. Like obviously everything you see, like, is just your eyes sending these chemical signals to your brain and creating this imaginative form of it's kind of shifting how everything looks like that's why optical illusions work and everything. Basically psilocybin will break down those functions to where you're just, everything's looking distorted because your brain doesn't know how to process with all this extra input from like the fake serotonin. Okay. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's more, uh, that's even deeper than I've ever gone. Yeah. Um, but that's really interesting. Uh, what else, another thing um, about mushrooms is there are different strains that mm-hmm. can, um, but they're all just psilocybin, correct? Just in different strengths? Yeah, there's, this is where I'm a little less like knowledgeable, but there's two basic like types of shrooms. One is cubensis, which is what 
you and I took that one time and what most people take. There's another one where I don't know what the like general name for it is, but the popular one people know is called penis envy is like yeah. the strain name. Yeah, yeah. And that one's a lot more intense. Like you take a smaller amount of it and it lasts a lot longer. But okay. the saying with cubensis mushrooms is a cube is a cube. Like if you take golden teachers, which is a super common one or blue meanies, or there's a bunch of other types, they're all basically the same. Like there might be some slight differences in how your experience is, but they're pretty close. Yeah. So as a, uh, as a newbie out there, if you're going to go try it out, um, just be aware of which strain you're taking and measure it out correctly that way because some are stronger than others, uh, especially here where I'm at in Europe. A lot of people get their hands on um, uh, truffles instead, mm-hmm. and truffles have a, a lot lower psilocybin content, so you have to take more to get the same effect, um, and they also taste really horrible. So <laughs> I've, I've done them a few times sure. here and <clears throat> much yeah. prefer like the true mushroom. But uh, do your so research funny. on amounts before you go into it, depending on how high you want to get to. 100%. I've had so many friends where they're like, oh, I tried shrooms and I hated them. They're like, I had such a bad experience. And I talked to them and they had somebody, like some friend that was like, oh, yeah, yeah like take seven grams. Like, you'll love it. Like, <laughs> like, like a hero that's dose. Friend. Yeah, that's, that's not like your friend. a ridiculous amount. And it's like, and the friend was like, oh yeah, when you take these, like, you're going to, you're going to think about, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. You're going to think like, oh my gosh, like I fucked up myself and stuff. He's like, so it's normal. And it was like, why the hell are you focusing on like these potential? No, no, no. are so focused on set and setting. If going to shrooms, all you need to think is like, hey, I'm going to have some emotions. I'm going to think about things and whatever happens is good. Like I'm going to experience it. And then in three to four hours, I'll be back to myself. I'm not going to have any like crazy lasting effects. I'm not going to go psychotic. I'm just going to experience things. I'll feel some anxiety during it more than likely, but Mm -hmm. it will subside and I'll have a good experience. Exactly. And don't take more than two or three grams your first time. Exactly. (laughs) I think when we did it, uh, we started with, I think you may have started me on two and I wasn't, it wasn't hitting me yet. And you mm-hmm. gave me a third. <laughs> like, so that's, and then I was flying. <laughs> yeah. And that's why that understanding the serotonin aspect of it, and I don't know if you're okay with me sharing this. Aspect, yeah, yeah. But you were on SSRIs. Um, At the time, yeah. Yeah. And so the issue with SSRIs is it's a serotonin. Reuptake inhibitor. Yeah. yeah. Which is basically kind of what the shrooms are doing in a way. And so when those two interact, it kind of just lessens how much your body reacts to the shrooms. So you may need to take more if you're on SSRIs, but across the board, I'd say start with two to three and gauge from there. Like do the one time. If you didn't feel it enough, awesome. You tried it. Try again next week when you have some like time. Like you don't have to make this one shot. Like I got it or I don't. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, set and setting. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone out there who has not done mushrooms, who might be curious about uh, doing them in the future, I just want to talk to you guys for a second. M- make sure you're always with somebody who you trust. 
um, somebody who you feel like you can be yourself around completely and not feel weird mm-hmm. about it. Because one thing that can tend to happen is in your head, you're like, oh my God, I'm on drugs. I must be acting so weird. And then you'll get in this like loop of anxiety. So just be around someone that you're comfortable with. That's why we always say that. Um, and that's why it's also best not to do it in public because again, you'll, you'll find that anxiety with people around you. Um, a lot of times it's really nice to do it in nature because you can, you feel this sort of connection with the nature around you. But if you don't have access to that, then just, you know, make up a nice, comfortable spot in your living room. I mean, that's where Hiram and I did it. We did it in his friend's living room the first time for me. And it was a lovely experience. What do you have yeah. to add to that? Um, honestly, I think it's good. I, I think the big thing is like, understand that the shrooms aren't that massive of a deal. Like if you've smoked weed before, it's like, it's going to feel significantly different, but at the same time, it's similar emotions really, as far as like, I know my first time I smoked weed, there was this thing of, I was like, Oh shit. Like, am I ever going to be sober again? Did I fuck up my brain? Like there's, <laughs> yeah. it seems like that whenever you try something new that you just like, you get scared, let go of it. So, so many people do. I'm amazed, especially in Utah. Like every so single many. person it's everywhere, almost everyone's done it is wild. And I talk about it sometimes thing. here in Italy and yeah. nobody, nobody in Europe does them. Really? Uh, or I That's should so say funny. very few. Um, so yeah. everyone kind of freaks out there. I'm getting offered like cocaine left and right. They're like, Hey, you want some Coke? And then, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, um, no, but like, have you ever done mushrooms? And they're like, Oh, I could never. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I kind of hate weed. Honestly, I don't love my experience with weed, but shrooms is one thing where I'm like, that's, it just feels like such an effective tool. Weed feels like an avoidant thing. Shrooms feels like a thing where it's like, a workout a little bit where you're yeah working out your mind and mm-hmm. exactly I completely agree but and then, yeah, on, oh, go, go ahead <laughs> um as far as set and setting goes I think everything you said I think a important thing is if you are someone that is basically trip setting someone um important thing to remember is people are just really open to suggest not suggestion and like you're not going to suggest anything that they don't want to do type thing but um we did shrooms one time and some kid took way too much like we didn't we told him to take less and he wanted to take more and he's done them a bunch but he we were camping and he like did lose touch of reality and was like where are we like are we safe and he asked that like 50 times over the course of like an hour and just every time we're like, yeah, like we're good. Like we're all happy. We're having a good time. And he'd be like, okay. And just being able to like tell people like calmly, don't like no judgment in your tone. They can have whatever emotion and you're just there to be like, Hey, everything's fine. And then like, I feel this way. I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like if you're having anxiety, you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but like, everything's good. Like, tell me more about it. Like, let's talk about it. If they're having mm-hmm. a good experience and they want to talk about it. Awesome. If they don't, you can just basically ignore it. You're a, third party thing that only is they interact with you if they want to, but you're not trying to like interfere with their whole experience all the time. I completely agree with that. Like let, sometimes it's best to just let people be in their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll work through it. Eventually there's a lot of thinking that happens with mushrooms, especially um, as 
Hiram mentioned earlier, you're, you're doing a lot of processing. Your brain is lighting up in a million places. So it's an awesome way to work through problems. Um, it's a great way to meditate. But yeah, sometimes that anxiety can come. And if you're with somebody, even if they're seeming anxious, I mean, you can kind of be like, hey, everything's good. But then just kind of leave them to it. They're, they'll be yeah. fine. Um, another quick thought on all of this is aftercare. I do recommend taking a supplement like 5-HTP to rebuild up your serotonin again after you have done a mushroom trip. Um, since you've dumped a lot of that, maybe a good multivitamin, B vitamin, something like that. It's not like mandatory, but I would recommend it. Yeah, I've never even heard of that or done any of that, so... Oh, really? Um, that's kind of interesting to look into, yeah. Yeah. So all of these, definitely like, something where you're not going to be out of luck if you don't have it, but it sounds like it'd be helpful. Correct. 5-HTP is just a supplement that helps you rebuild your serotonin. And, I mean, anyone out there who's in part of, like, any drug community <laughs> really uh, takes that because most drugs interfere with your serotonin receptors. Mm-hmm. But um, that's just something I learned, have learned along the way, so... I recommend that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I think the big thing with it is I, for your first time, I'd never planned to do anything like within six hours of that. Like if you can have the rest eight. of the day, like a completely blank day, huh? I'd say eight. I eight, don't yeah. think six is long enough. Yeah. I was, I guess yeah, I was giving like a very bare minimum. I think eight's definitely a lot safer. If you just take the whole day where, you get plenty of sleep. You make sure you drink water and stuff. Going into fasting is going to make it hit a little bit better. If you have food in your stomach, it basically slows down the breakdown of the psilocybin so that it just doesn't come as strong of a stream. And so it just doesn't hit as hard. Um, but honestly, just make a day out of it. Get Know that you're going to be fine. Just be excited for it and just kind of take it as it goes. But if you have anything planned after, it's weird. Like I went over to a friend's house after I did it the first time and I was just self-conscious because I just experienced so much. I had so many things going through my head and then I was having to like interact with these people and like joke around and try to act like a normal human being when I just had this like awe-inspiring moment where just like Mm. my whole life felt different and I just didn't have time to process it. So I think Mm -hmm. it is important to have. Sometimes process, have something that you can kind of talk about your thoughts and things you experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Completely agree with all of that. So hopefully that has made all of you guys feel comfortable enough with it. It, it is a big experience, but for me it's been really beautiful, and it's been a way to help ground me and bring me back to reality in a lot of ways. I think that... Um, mushrooms have this strange effect on everybody it seems like of making you not care what other people think Mm -hmm. and like just want like world peace (laughs) and love everybody and it sounds like such a hippie thing and it's so funny but you always you always think of the the mushrooms or the the hippies taking mushrooms and stuff and i think that they really do go together um they've they've made me a happier person and I, yeah. I do like to do them like Hiram every once in a while just to ground myself 
sounds like you haven't done them in a while. I, I've actually, I remembered what you said about doing them like once a month and I've been trying to incorporate that Mm -hmm. (laughs) while I've been here. And it's it's been really, it's been really helpful for me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny when you use it as a tool it, it's not one of those things where I really suggest it recreationally. Like I think the first couple times it's fun. Just like try to figure out like first time you do it in your house where you're like in the safe first space. And then, you know, like maybe your third time you go out for a hike while doing like, I went for a hike on three grams of shrooms, completely different experience inside my house is like a very introspective, very emotion heavy going in for a hike. You feel like you're a child. Like it's this wonder of like, you look at a tree and you see the moss on it and you're like, wow, this is so cool. This is like just growing naturally. And I like stared at snow for a little bit, at the little crystals. And yeah. I started climbing random things because it was just like this childlike wonder. And so it was funny, the set, like your setting that you're in is just, yeah, sorry. The setting is so important mm-hmm. of how the experience goes about as well. A hundred percent. And I have done them at, um, I, I did them at EDC last year. Mm-hmm. And then um, recently I did them at a a concert for a girl. Her name's Tosh Sultana for any of mm-hmm. you guys who know her. This was, was this last night? <laughs> I think I did. Was it last night? Uh, two, <laughs> two nights ago. It's two nights ago. Um, and it was, I, I will say the come up, the anxiety in the, when you are first getting high, that's called the come up that was quite high both times. So like, mm-hmm. um, as a warning to anybody, like the first time you try them probably should not be in that setting. Um, I knew what I was getting into both times. So I knew that like that I was going to be fine. Um, mm-hmm. but the during <laughs> was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Again, completely different experience to go to a concert, um, yeah. on mushrooms. Was- so, I always suggest people like their first time to do just mushrooms by themselves. But down the road, if you find that you get like pretty bad, bad anxiety on the come up, my buddy smokes weed every time, not like a ton, but just a little Mm -hmm. bit to like get them up, especially if you get like high CBD, uh, like weed just to like calm it down. he says it's a completely smooth ride for him throughout the whole thing. Like he just feels good. Interesting. So I, I'm very against mixing alcohol with shrooms, but weed and shrooms are two that I think go pretty well together. Mm. And why is that? Um, I think I think alcohol and alcohol like makes it harder to think clearly, and shrooms makes you want to think more. I think that's really difficult. But weed and shrooms actually feel pretty similar to me in a lot of ways. Like it's they're definitely different. But my first time doing weed, like. I was seeing th- like I was getting all the visuals and stuff and it was really? felt really similar to weed. And so there's some sort of connection there where I just feel like they, they help each other versus they don't, they're not going against each other. While alcohol, I feel like it's fighting the shrooms. Weed can kind of enhance the situation. I've heard, uh, I've heard those things before um, mm-hmm. from people that like al- alcohol will sort of, I don't know, make the effects less. Yeah. And then and um, I was thinking on secondhand knowledge too. I've never smoked while doing shrooms and I've never drank while doing shrooms. It's just from. Yeah. Neither have I. 
Yeah, I mean, you are you're plenty you're plenty having a good time when when you're on mushrooms. You're yeah. quite focused. You don't really need anything else. <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> but um, I've also heard from other people if they they want the high to continue when they're coming down, they will smoke a joint and it um, mm. makes it go longer. Interesting. The high. Yeah. It's so funny. There's so much little experimentation you can do with it. And it just depends on what you're looking for. Because, I mean, obviously, like, some people do just want the recreation, like, some killer visuals at a concert with all the flashing lights and you're feeling the music. Like, that's... Oh, it's fantastic. So great. If you're looking to use it as more of a tool of, hey, you have some religious trauma, (laughs) you have some things that you need to deal with, um, obviously, probably see a therapist as well. But... (laughs) Just the uh, the shrooms. What what makes shrooms powerful is they increase uh, neuroplasticity, which basically your brain can rewire itself essentially. So our all your neurons are used to these same paths, and all of a sudden, all these serotonin, all the extra serotonin in your brain is making it to where it's easier to create these new neural pathways. Um, right. And then also some random interesting fact about. Uh, shrooms is it decreases activity in your amygdala for about a month, which your amygdala is the part of your brain that is where like fear comes from. And so that's part of the reason I like it with, with snowboarding is when I snowboard sober, I get kind of anxiety, like doing anything on the more extreme level, like high speeds and stuff. But with a little bit of shrooms, it kind of like silences that where I'm still completely like, present i'm there there's nothing like crazy but it just decreases that fear so i can just focus on what i'm doing and it makes me a lot more in like like more in touch with my body i guess like i'm feeling feeling everything versus overthinking everything okay interesting i didn't know that fact no maybe that's why people say it's so good for anxiety yeah that's a huge part is it just decreases the part of your brain that processes most of that anxiety wow they really are like a a medicine they're kind of a magic little tool that i think the the world has had a some misconceptions about in the past and Mm -hmm. so hopefully this has helped y'all a little bit to understand it a little better um and in my personal opinion it can be extremely helpful when trying to deconstruct from any faith or uh work through any kind of trauma Mm -hmm. uh it's it's been really helpful for me to help sit with my feelings i have a hard time sort of sitting with my feelings personally just i'll I'll sort of do anything to avoid it listening to music watching movies hanging out with people And so it's forced me to sit down and sit with my feelings and process things. And that's actually been really healthy for me because I come out of these mushroom trips feeling more in tune with myself, um, more mentally stable, usually a bit happier, if not happier than at least more content. So highly recommend so thankful here for Hiram here helping me and teaching me, <laughs> showing me these things. He op- introduced me to an entirely new world, and it's been fantastic. So now I just want to show everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I, I never, when I was 
a missionary would I think that down the road I'd be a person like I've introduced so many friends to shrooms. It's been my little like new um, proselyting thing where <laughs> I just love introducing people to shrooms because it is like every single person I've been with has had a positive experience. I really think yours was like the closest to negative experience, but even from your side, you like completely for sounds like you almost forgot that yeah. part of it. I mean, I don't really even care so much about that part or think about it because that's not really the part that had such an effect on me. Yeah. Uh, Even with the negative, there was more positive. So. Yeah. And I I would say that I think shrooms are great. I think they're a great tool. Um, And I think there's not a lot of reason to be scared of them. However, I think just like in being um, responsible it is important to say it's like it's not they haven't been able to do a lot of research on shrooms for a long time because it was illegal and so maybe there are some negatives but as far as the science has shown so far there's not really a lot that we've been able to find but still do it with your own judiciousness like mm-hmm. think it through do some research um if anyone's uh- in utah and stuff i'm definitely open to talk about it and uh answer any questions but yeah other than that i don't know along that same vein of just like being wise um the same thing here i know applies for other drugs like lsd and even marijuana i've done a a little bit of research on this if you not because this happens to me anyway (laughs) so if you have any kind of um mental illness specifically schizophrenia in your family Mm -hmm. Um, family history or in yourself, uh, psychedelics are best avoided because they can induce, um, like psycho active breaks. So basically with shrooms, if you are someone that is going to eventually, um, have schizophrenia, it is a trigger to spark it up earlier. However, if you're past the age, it's, it's been a while since, I looked into this, but past the age of 25, I believe, like if you have schizophrenia, it's so likely that you would have like started showing symptoms by 25 after 25, you're probably not going to have schizophrenia taking shrooms. It's not, it doesn't cause schizophrenia. It's more if your body's already on that path to have schizophrenia, it can trigger that. And so I'd say it's one of those things where it can sound scary, but it's such a minimal fear. Um, but still, if you do have a lot of history of schizophrenia in your family, I would definitely do a little bit of extra research. 100%. And um, also along that vein, for any minors or not even minors, but for those whose brains are not fully developed yet under the age mm-hmm. of like 25, 26, any drug is uh, a, a lot more risky during that period mm-hmm. of time. So uh, I don't recommend yeah, I, it for people who are young. Yeah, I I would stay away from it. Not not stay away, but I think it'd be smart to wait till you're about 25. However, if you did it at 21, if you did it at 18, I really don't think it's going to make this massive difference. Like, there hasn't been a lot of science to show that it's going to like fuck you up or anything. But I think it's always better to be cautious. There's no need to be in a rush. But if you have super bad anxiety and stuff, just do the proper research and make your own decision about it. 100%. Well, that's about all the questions I had for you and discussion I wanted to have. Um, Do you have any other thoughts 
that you want to add, Hiram? Um, no, I think we're good. <laughs> right on. Well, listeners, um, if you have done mushrooms and had a crazy experience, or if they've helped you, I'd love to hear about it. You can connect with me on Instagram, um, my email, uh, exmo at gmail.com. I'm sure you can all hear that, that I live in Rome, <laughs> right in the middle of the city. It's always loud here. It's like midnight, and there's car alarms going off. Anyway. Thank you all for listening. Hi, Rome. Thanks for being here. And I will see you guys soon. Ciao.